from the 97.7 WAOB studios at 6th and Bustering Streets in downtown Vincennes. It's time now for Legal News and Views. Now, here's Dave Rulligan and Jeff Cobb with Legal News and Views. Welcome, Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. Dave is yet to appear, but I believe he will be here shortly. Um, but I'm going to take advantage of his absence uh, to note with great sadness uh, the death of Mark Lang. Um, Mark, as I think many of you know, uh, along with Sandra, uh, owned uh, the radio station, started with zero radio stations, built up, to, I think, as much as 16 across southwestern Indiana and Illinois. Um, Located, He didn't have to locate in Vincennes, but he did. Uh, and he revamped the old Brevoort house and uh, put in the uh, headquarters uh, for the original company and the old Northwest Broadcasting. Um, that uh, provided jobs here in Vincennes. Um, he was always a big supporter of Vincennes and the activities, sponsored a lot of events just to make sure there was something to do in Vincennes, um, was able to attract his uh, kids to come back home. I wasn't able to do that, but he was. Why were you trying to attract his kids? Uh, he was able to attract his kids. You said you weren't able to do that. And this is a tribute to Mark Lang, if you would hold your... No, it, uh, he would be. Barbed. He was a jolly fellow, and uh, his death is a loss, uh, of course, to his family and to the employees, the radio stations, to the community, and uh, to me. I was uh, he was my best friend, and I miss him sorely. Did you ever see? Uh, you may have told this or been there when it happened. Don Kirk was doing a birthday tribute to Mark. Mm. He said, "This is a Lang, or this is a radio, and it has one switch off and Lang, because Mark owns so many radio stations that you turn on a radio, it's going to be a Lang production somewhere." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, that done. Um, we are live. If you can't tell that by now, here at the old Brevoort House. And uh, you can call in and join us, 812-882-3737. Operators are standing by. Um, otherwise, uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy as Dave and I uh, tell our favorite recent legal stories. How about not my favorite this is a Kentucky story, so just the headline attracted my attention. Bones, used as decor and home of a Kentucky man. <laughs> oh, Link, is this related to that Harvard Medical link School? Linked to the Harvard Medical School Human Remains Scheme. So if you're shopping on eBay or whatever, and you buy some bones for your home decor, that you may have a problem. They searched a Kentucky apartment and found 40 human skulls, spinal cords, femurs, and hip bones inside. They asked the occupant, James Knott, if anyone else was home. And he said, only my dead friends, he responded. Agents found one skull wrapped in a headscarf and another sitting on a mattress where he slept. Others were strewn around the apartment as if they were decorations. 
these were these came out in the criminal complaint that we talked about where this guy who was associated with the Harvard Medical School had a black market uh, situation where he would sell bones and uh, body parts. It was apparently turned into an elaborate <coughs> Facebook scheme. Uh, it's about 25 miles southeast of Louisville. Uh, not received body parts from abroad and sold them in the U.S. In Facebook posts describing the parts and their price, not used the pseudonyms Bill Burke. The affidavit says in a footnote was used by a serial killer active in Edinburgh, Scotland from 1827 to 1828. So, I'm not interested in uh, buying bones or even having them about. And anytime you show up with a bone, you sometimes get the police involved and have to determine homicide, natural causes, destruction of a body. Uh, if it's a bone, uh, hopefully it has meat attached to it, chicken, ribs, uh, <laughs> whatever else. And that's why you're always upset with PETA. A week ago, the United States Supreme Court came out with three uh, significant decisions we didn't have the show a week ago, or else we probably would have had a really timely show. Uh, now it's kind of old news. Uh, the first and the most headlines was the uh, Supreme Court stating that uh, Harvard in North Carolina uh, violated the Constitution by uh, using affirmative action, which uh, they did in their case was using race to decide who got into the school. Uh, and who didn't. Yeah. Now this has been a this has been an issue before the Supreme Court before about 20 years ago when Sandra Day O'Connor was on the court. The court said, "Hey, you can't use race to decide who gets in, but race can be one of the factors to decide who gets in." And in her majority opinion, Sandra Day O'Connor said, "Hopefully, in 25 years, we won't have to rely on any racial categories." Uh, well, here we are 20 years later, not 25, and the Supreme Court says that's right. You can't even consider race in uh, admissions. Uh, it, one of the things that was pointed out in, I think, one of the opinions was that, all right, affirmative action, and you use race to decide who gets in. Well, who decides what race you use to get in? Uh, and that's just the, the Constitution has to be colorblind. Uh, the, um, both schools said they will comply, but uh, uh, they have <coughs> interpreted the current decision to say that they can consider people who are affected by race. Uh, I don't know the distinction being drawn here between uh, the race and being affected by race, uh, but that uh, will probably be another issue for the Supreme Court. It's been many years ago since I've retired from the military, but it, uh, I believe uh, when they do an officer evaluation report or actually for promotion boards where you send your file up and they decide whether you're going to be promoted, you always had to have your military photo all decked out in your uniform. And they decided to stop including pictures. Oh, yeah. And then promotions and favorable results changed dramatically. And I don't know on these college applications if they, uh, uh, you know, removed, you know, photographs or 
anything that would indicate whether you're Asian or Caucasian or black or brown or whatever, it would be truly colorblind. And my guess is the admission people are going to say, no, we're not doing that. All we would have is really smart people here. And who can stand that? We need more diversity. Well, let's take our first break here on Legal News and Views, 97.3, 97.7 FM, 1450 AM. Uh, you can give us a call over the break, 812-882-3737. But when we get back, we'll talk about the other two Supreme Court cases. Advertising on radio offers several advantages to make it a valuable marketing channel for businesses. Number one, a wide reach. Radio has a broad reach, reaching millions of listeners across different demographics and geographic areas. Targeted audience. Radio stations often cater to specific demographics or target markets. It's cost-effective. Radio advertising can be more cost-effective compared to other traditional media channels like television. This makes it a viable option for businesses with smaller advertising budgets. Frequency and repetition. Radio allows for frequent and repetitive exposure to your message. Immediacy and localism. Radio provides real-time information and local content, making it a popular choice for immediate promotions and local advertising. Flexibility and creativity. Radio ads offer flexibility in terms of ad duration and format. This flexibility allows for creative storytelling, engaging jingles, or even celebrity endorsements, depending on the objective and budget of the campaign. Mobile and on-the-go audiences. Radio is a mobile medium, often consumed while people are commuting, driving, or engaging in other activities. This means your message can reach a captive audience during key moments when they're receptive to hearing about products, services, and promotions. And lastly, emotional connection. Radio has the ability to create an emotional connection with listeners through voice, sound effects, and music. Well-crafted radio ads can evoke emotions and capture attention, enabling advertisers to establish a deep connection with their target audience. To learn more about advertising with TOC Direct Media, visit OriginalCompany.com. And we're back with the News and Views. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Uh, we're talking Supreme Court actions. Now a week ago, affirmative action was the first one. The second one involved the, the Colorado anti-discrimination law, which the Supreme Court dealt with once before. If you remember, it was an individual who decorates cakes and didn't want to decorate cakes for same-sex couples. Well, this time, uh, it's the same Colorado law, but it involved Lori Smith, who creates websites and did not want to create websites for same-sex marriages. You would think that that would have been decided, but Colorado seems to be intent on enforcing its anti-discrimination law. Uh, now, the law itself was not found unconstitutional, but the Supreme Court said the way it was applied in this particular case, it was a violation of the First Amendment rights of the artist, Lori Smith. Now, some controversy. Uh, apparently, um, my wife likes Pete Buttigieg, go figure, but she follows his website, and he's one of the first ones to come out and say, oh, it's all a big hoax. It's not a real lawsuit. Uh, all the facts indicated that no one ever 
tried to get her to design the same-sex website. Well, the problem with that is that the trial court found she had standing, which is a legal term meaning that she had an interest in the case because even though there might not be a specific complaint, uh, her business is going to be affected by the anti-discrimination laws uh, if she does not do same-sex websites. Uh, and the appellate court, 12 judges on the appellate court said, yeah, she has standing. And the Supreme Court, all nine judges said, yeah, she has standing. So you, you kind of wonder what gives when people try to make stuff up and say a case is not legitimate, should be thrown out because she didn't have a, someone ask her to prepare uh, a same-sex website. Uh, you just don't know what they're thinking because I'm, I guess I'm trained in the law, 47 years of experience, but it just strikes me that you're just trying to make the court somehow illegitimate. And the third case, wasn't the third case student loans? Yes. Yeah, and Biden's forgiveness of student loans to the tune of $400 billion. $400 million? Billion, with a B. B. Uh, dollars uh, was found uh, that he didn't have authority to do it. Uh, Congress controls the purse strings, not the president. And uh, so now he's, he claims the court is illegitimate and out of whack and out of control. All three decisions, if you're trained in the law, are based on the law, uh, and more so than, than the dissents. Uh, oh, well, I, I'm done. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people heard about the cocaine found in the White House. And yes. It started out, it was an area where visitors came through high traffic, and then it was a less high traffic area. Then it was an area that only uh, cleared people and staffers could get to near the Situation Room. Uh, so they did identify it, and they did the lockdown, didn't know what it was or how it got there. And, yep, it's co cocaine, and Secret Service has investigated this. And despite the security and the cameras and DNA and fingerprint technology, they say, well, we don't know who did it. That doesn't make me uh, feel secure. Uh, investigation into the bag of cocaine found at the White House is concluded with no suspects identified. This also made me think of the Supreme Court when they couldn't figure out who leaked the Dobbs decision on uh, abortion rights. Right. And they investigated that, and they said, well, we don't know who did it. The organization emphasized that it implemented safety closures after discovering the cocaine and that it then field tested and preliminarily determined the drug to not be a hazardous compound. So the Secret Service says cocaine is not hazardous, such as, so you know. I, I guess that would be like anthrax or something. As long as you're not snorting it, it's probably <laughs> benign. All right. Um, so I'm just curious on how that got in there. Mm -hmm. and, and if you had it, you know, why you would forget about it and leave it behind. And, there, and who do we know in the White House that has a, a drug problem and background in drugs? Oh, uh, um, that'd be... Hunter? 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 Uh, you're jumping to conclusions. You're there, right. Buddy. Well, you were. I, I was just filling in the there, blanks. There could be others. <laughs> uh, typically at this time, I go to celebrity in the, in the law and right up dissolution Dave Rolligan's alley is the Kevin Costner. Now, he was previously... 129,000 
a week in child support? Month. Month. Is month. A month? Month. Oh, I feel much better she now. She asked for three hundred, but <laughs> wow. But uh, he was previously married to, for sixteen years to a woman, and they split in nineteen ninety four. So uh, she got eighty million dollars at that time. Uh, so before he married the current spouse, Baumgartner. Uh, they got a prenuptial agreement, which is not only uh, not unusual, it's, it's probably advised uh, so that if there was a split that uh, the prenuptial agreement, they agreed to who got what and how much. Uh, that uh, didn't go over well with the second wife, who he, whom he was married to for some time. Uh, and she, uh, she wanted to stay in the oceanfront house that he had purchased before the marriage, uh, and uh, the court said, no, you're supposed to get out, you're supposed to be gone, and we'll give you to the end of July to get out. So she's still there, but she's going to be leaving soon. In the same time, they're always in uh, dissolution cases, there's the interim period of time that somebody has to figure out who pays what, and how much? And she thought that uh, she should get about 350000 a month to help take care of the kids, uh, whom she said in the petition um, his offer of 50000 a month was not going to keep them living up to the standards that they were used to. Uh, the court uh, kind of split the pot here, uh, maybe to the benefit more of Kevin Costner, uh, he's ordered to pay $129,000 monthly. Now, that's just an interim order, and there could be a final order. But the estate is estimated to be worth $145 million, with the oceanfront property at Santa Barbara being over $100 million of that. When a lot would, of people would say, you like that case? A lot of people say that, well, I would say, I, I would be willing to raise his children for fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my program quit. Oh well, I can go on. Uh, celebrities. Let's talk about Aretha Franklin, who died uh, earlier this year um, in her Detroit home. A nice, uh, apparently, subdivision of Detroit. Um, I forget the name of it offhand, uh, but the house that she lived in is well worth well over a million dollars, Bloomfield Hills. She uh, did not have a, a formal will. And here, let's caution and say, uh, obviously, Michigan laws are different from Indiana. But she did leave a written document in 2014. Uh, 10, uh, which basically split everything among her four kids uh, and put two of them in charge. But there was found, after her death, stuffed in a couch, a notebook. And in the notebook, she said, 2014, she wrote down that, well, she does want the four kids to split everything, but Frank Kev. Kale Calf Franklin and Edward Franklin were to be given the house. In other words, $1.1 million value of property. Uh, now, what's the law here? Typically, to make a testamentary gift, which is uh, the will, in Indiana it has to be witnessed by 
two disinterested witnesses in the presence of the testator, and the testator must sign in the presence of the witnesses. Obviously, neither one of these documents would have been admitted in Indiana. Now, Indiana does allow a handwritten will, which is referred to as non-cupative, if it's for an item of personal property less than $1,000 in value. Jury found that the 2014 document was legit and um, apparently will soon be probated as her will pursuant to Michigan law. So don't... Uh, they got a jury trial on a will contest? <coughs> they did. We oh, don't do that here. Yeah, we do. We do. Oh, yeah. You've got some of those going I, on right I now. I have one right now, yes. Yeah, when, when are you going to go to trial? Uh, as soon as there's a judge in Vermilion County. Uh, I'm sure this story uh, will have a few follow-ups. Uh, a Texas soldier, they say, willfully disappeared from the Army, which we used That's to call AWOL. deserting, isn't it? In the days after her husband was reported missing to the Texas Army base where he was stationed, Cam Chamberlain, his wife, sent a series of urgent Facebook messages to a longtime friend. She said he was he left her with no food and no money. She was desperate. They hadn't been married that long. She wasn't working. She was estranged from her own family, and her efforts to get help from the Army didn't go anywhere, two longtime friends said. She was scared, she wrote to her friend in a message the friend shared with the NBC News. I'm alone. I just want the pain to go away. I can't take it anymore. Uh, within a week of that message, Cam Chamberlain's death was announced. She turns up dead. The very next day, her husband, who had been missing for 11 days, was discovered alive. Now, those are a couple of dots. Perhaps you connect them, perhaps you don't. But it's odd that as soon as... No, you dead, need more than that to convict. Well, I'm not trying to convict him. No. Because uh, this, I, based upon her situation, she may have... Uh, they haven't released the cause of death yet or anything, so she may have... Uh, you know, sadly taken her own life. But if he's been missing and then suddenly, hey, your wife's dead, I'm back. He's got some explaining to do to the army. Uh, Aretha Franklin is not the only celebrity to have troubles at death. Uh, Michael Jackson died in 2009. He did have an estate plan in place, a trust that uh, had his mother Catherine Jackson as trustee, and uh, two friends, um, John Bronca and John McLean, as executors of his estate. Catherine was to take care of his three kids, who were then 12, 11, and 7, and if she was unable to do so, Diana Ross, the singer, was supposed to take care of the kids. Noticeably left out were the other members of the Jackson Five and his father, Joe Jackson. Uh, Joe challenged the will, uh, but was denied by the Los Angeles Superior Court, saying, nah, you got nothing to do with any of this, and threw it out. Uh, in 2012, his other siblings, Janet, Jermaine, Tito, Randy, and Rebby, signed a letter accusing Bronca and McLean of fraud and abusing Catherine. The uh, problem is, in 2012, the statute of limitations had long since run on challenging anything that Michael Jackson had done, uh, so that also was thrown out. 
Prince died in 2016, had a $156 million estate and no estate plan. That led to a battle uh, between three of the siblings uh, who um, sold their catalog or sold Prince's catalog to another company. The other three formed their own company to split the royalties. Uh, some may recall Anna Nicole Smith. She was married to the 90-year-old billionaire, Howard Marshall. Uh, went to the, all the way to the Supreme Court. To say The Supreme Court said, yeah, you get, uh, clear, get your claims against Marshall's estate. But then she died. And then after the ensuing battle, went to the Supreme Court again. Her estate got nothing out of Howard Marshall's estate. And then there was even Sonny Bono. Even though he had an estate plan in place, his uh, share sued his widow about 20 years after his death because she wasn't getting royalties from the songs that they owned 50-50. And then even Robin Williams' kids fought over his memorabilia, even though he had an extensive estate plan in place at the time of his suicide. More Legal News Reviews, 97.3 FM, 97.7 FM, 14.50 AM, WAOV. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. News, I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Time now for that regularly scheduled segment of the program known as Least Competent Criminals. I've got two nominees here, Arthur Brundridge, age 28, he went into the Alliance Bank in Syracuse, New York, and demanded $20,000. Uh, apparently, uh, police were able to arrest Bundich because he was standing by the front doors of the bank trying to get back in. Turns out the teller had given him less than the $20,000 he demanded. I've been shorted. But he's, he's second. The number one least competent criminal is Kristen DeCosta, age 30, in Somerset, Massachusetts. There were 17 recent burglaries that were solved by the fact that Kristen was wearing her GPS ankle monitor from an early arrest in all 17 break-ins. She must not have read the manual. Any nominees? I have a few. All right. Uh, an L.A. judge says Lady Gaga does not owe... Uh, or need to pay out the $500,000 no-questions-asked reward that she put up. You may remember when someone uh, actually shot and severely wounded her dog walker and took her French bulldogs. Oh, yeah. At least, uh, and she said, $500,000, no questions asked. And the person who shot the dog walker applied for it, saying, there's no questions asked. You got your dogs back. Uh, McBride had argued that Gaga's offer of a reward was unilateral, meaning she had to pay up no matter the circumstances. But in the decision, the judge agreed with arguments from her lawyers, Gaga's lawyers, that a criminal like Bridge could not profit from her participation in a crime. So that was Hutzhuspa. Uh, this guy, a Tennessee soccer coach, got charged with child rape after restaurant workers find photos on his phone. This guy, a so Tennessee soccer coach, uh, messing around with at least 10 uh, boys. Uh, he had left his phone in a booth at the restaurant. Workers opened the phone to try to find out who it was, and they were just aghast at all of the uh, uh, photos he had on there. So 
He's no longer soccer coach. No, no, I don't. I don't hope so. Uh, man found dead in the freezer in Minnesota. He was hiding from police. Body of a 34-year-old Brandon Lee Bushman of Babbitt, Minnesota, was found in a chest freezer in the basement of an unoccupied home in the town of. Uh, on June 26th, the home had been unoccupied since February. They believe he was in the house hiding because there was an active warrant for his arrest. Police said in a news release. They think he got in the freezer to hide because he and the officers were in the area, but unfortunately for him, he could not get out. This man repeatedly rams his ex-girlfriend's car outside of a Walmart, and probably one of the most videographed cameras everywhere at Walmart. Yes. And he escapes to uh, McDonald's. They towed uh, his vehicle. The owner tells Channel 11 the victim's vehicle had such significant damage he was shocked to find out a child had been in the back seat. Uh, don't videotape or have your crimes recorded. And finally, if you're managing a warehouse uh, stealing millions, you probably shouldn't buy a Lamborghini, a Tesla, a Porsche, and a mansion near your work. Prosecutors said this guy told uh, unknowing subordinates to input false vendor info into the Amazon system. He would then approve the fake vendors and along with others involved in the plot, file fake invoices to Amazon. Uh, he had a big operation going, but he was living well above his means and he was caught. So those are my, my picks. And that brings to a close this week's Least Competent Criminals. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, most of the listeners will recall that Elon Musk purchased Twitter now and last year for $44 billion. Um, he formed a new corporation that he calls the X Corp that now owns Twitter and uh, from all accounts has probably lost a lot of money for doing it. But apparently he has a lot of money from elsewhere to lose. But here's the twist, the legal twist. Twitter, and while it was negotiating with Musk, hired a, what's a well-known law firm, Wachtel, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. Rolls trippingly from the tongue. And they're heavy uh, in business mergers and business purchases. Uh, and you may recall there was some indication Musk was trying to get out of the deal, but he didn't. He went ahead with it. And Wachtel, uh, the law firm, apparently billed Twitter, which was then its client, $90 million. That's quite a fee. Uh, and most of it was listed as a, a success fee, uh, meaning, hey, we got the deal closed, so uh, we, we're going to charge you more. Well, fast forward. Musk now owns what was Twitter, his ex-corp. He's now suing the law firm to get part of that $90 million back, saying, hey, the deal was you get paid reasonable fees, and there's no deal for success fees. And for the up until the point in time that the deal went through, your fees were about one-third of the $90 million. Still not a bad day's work. No, no. So uh, he... Uh, uh, I think it's an interesting twist. Uh, now, okay, $44 billion deal, $90 million fees. Uh, Musk probably is doing this more out of spite. 
than uh, well, any I've other also business. seen some news stories where Twitter is not paying their rent, and they have other vendors. They're just they're just refusing to pay. And mm -hmm. if you're, I suppose, if you're big enough, you, you say, okay, uh, sue me. Well, uh, in a related area, you might know that uh, Facebook, which is now known as Meta, opened um, a, an app called Threads, which uh, is apparently directly competing with Twitter. And it has over 100 million users. In about two days. Uh, Musk has threatened to sue them, uh, apparently uh, claiming that they have uh, appropriated, um, I guess, copyrighted or licensed uh, material. He also claims he stole some of his engineers. You know, when Musk took over, he laid off a bunch of people. That's right. And uh, he's, he's claiming that Meta hired a bunch of smart people and <laughs> they're taking it. But, uh, Zuckerberg says, I didn't take any of your engineers. Bit of a follow-up. An Ohio plastic surgeon we talked about who live-streamed his procedures on TikTok has been banned from practicing medicine. The Ohio Medical Board on Wednesday voted to permanently revoke the license of Dr. Catherine Graw, known as Dr. Roxy, in her plastic surgery practice. Uh, Roxy Plastic Surgery, and to her many TikTok followers, was, was how uh, she marketed herself. Board determined Graw harmed patients while live streaming their surgeries on the social media app. Graw spoke into a camera and answered viewer questions uh, while the surgeries were taking place. Uh, she originally had her license suspended for that uh, back in November. Um, she asked for leniency. I ask you from the bottom of my heart to please consider my thoughts with an open mind. This was humbled me more than you can know. So I'm not sure um, why you would do that or what kind of consent you would need to get from the patient to live stream that procedure. Um, the board had warned Grau about her actions as early as 2018, citing concerns over private uh, patients privacy and possible ethics violations, which seems pretty obvious to me. It also listed three patients of Graz who suffered severe complications and needed intense medical care after she operated on them. And I won't go into the gory details of the mistakes that were made, but you probably don't want to... For example, I've stopped live streaming my uh, client consultations. Did you know I was doing that? What? <laughs> All right. What? There'll be more legal news and views, 97.3, 97.7, both on the FM spectrum, 1450 AM dial. We'll be right back. Heard the commercials for the Mark Patrick Stop Smoking Seminars, and they said only $49.99, and it could work for you. So I thought, that's not even a week's worth of smoking. So I went, and guess what? It did work for me. You know, my friends and family are still amazed. I quit smoking. I didn't have cravings, anxiety, or weight gain. Listen, I don't know how it works, but I know it works because I'm living proof, and it's 100% guaranteed. So what do you got to lose? I'll tell you what you got to lose. A very bad habit. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and stop smoking without cravings, irritability, or weight gain. Early bird special, only $49.99 guaranteed. Don't just cut down, but stop smoking once and for all or your money back. Seminars 8 p.m. on Thursday, July 20th at the Holiday Inn Express and Suites in Noblesville or 2 p.m. on Saturday, July 22nd at the Holiday Inn Indianapolis Airport. Registration is 30 minutes before the seminar. Sign up at MarkPatrickSeminars.com. That's MarkPatrickSeminars.com. 
Is your network not performing like it should? Do you need expert advice on how to better your business's network, large or small? In need of technical support, but don't want to add the cost of headcount to your bottom line? IntelliSend Managed Services is more than your local broadband and voice provider. From basic internet connection to network integration and management, let our experts support you every step of the way. Don't know where to start? Give RTC Communications a call at 812-486-3211 for a consultation. And we're back. Legal News and Views. I'm Jeff. Dave here. Still time for your call. 812-882-3737. Wrexham, Wales, uh, has become uh, famous uh, for the soccer team that's owned by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKilliany, or how do you pronounce his name? Uh, but, but it brings us this story of a nurse, Penelope Williams, 42 years of age, and a patient who's only known as Patient A, who was receiving dialysis treatment. Uh, apparently, for over a year, he and Penelope uh, had a thing going. Uh, and it was in the parking lot after his treatments. Um, and uh, during one of these late-night encounters, January of last year, uh, he died. Happy. Suddenly, he died happy. Well, with his pants around his ankles, he was happy. <laughs> uh, Penelope uh, kind of panicked. She called a friend uh, who said, "Hey, call the ambulance right away." Uh, she did not. Um, eventually, the other colleague that she had called—what's the Penelope's connection to the football owners? None. It's she's. This is all took place in the same city. Oh, so then the celebrity name dropping was meaningless. All right, I'll back up with well, you. Well, Rex and Wales. I was kind of giving people an idea where this story. Well, came now that from. you brought that up, I thought you were talking about a whale autopsy. But go ahead. If you're following what I said, uh, she didn't call. The colleague for called. Help. The ambulance got there and found patient A partially naked and unresponsive. Uh, and no charges have been filed as far as uh, this story goes. Um, you said she was a nurse. The story did. She's the nurse at the I, dialysis I center. Oh, I know, but maybe she... Are you not listening? I was listening. I'm just trying to uh, add some You're just depth. trying to... Did she... Depth. As a, uh, really? as, a, as a... She may have tried to revive him. Uh, and declared him. I knew there was nothing to be done. I was I so don't, distraught. I don't think she tried to revive him, no. I think uh, she was trying to do something else, and he died. Happy. Suddenly. You don't know if it was sudden. But the story says sudden. How would they know? He told him. I don't know. Patient A said, <laughs> I died suddenly. And, but I was happy. How yeah. He said he was happy. Shortly was after beginning an affair, smile Colorado's on his face. A Colorado dentist accused of killing his wife, uh, so he started an affair, and uh, he was married, and he's accused of killing his wife. He started searching online for answers to questions such as, is arsenic detectable in an autopsy? <laughs> and how to make a murder look like a heart attack? So that's what he was searching. Days later, his wife, Angela Craig, turned to Google to try to figure out why she was experiencing symptoms like vertigo, shaking, and cold lips. She searched for doctors who could help her. The DA, John Kellner, said Wednesday in a court hearing on the evidence in the case, 
So he's trying to figure out how to poison her and make it look like natural causes. She's obviously getting sick going on Google to figure out what's wrong with me. And then sadly, she, uh, she died. Uh, the third time she went to the ER, tox toxicology test showed that she died because she'd been poisoned with cyanide and tetrahydrazine, which is a substance found in over-the-counter eye drops. Uh, Craig dressed in an orange jail uniform sat on the table with his three lawyers listening to the testimony while her relatives were in the room. Uh, so, I don't know, can you... Uh, if you search for ways to murder your significant other, can you go on, uh, what, stealth mode or incognito? Can they still find it? I'll get back to you on that. I'm just, you know, curious. Idle curiosity. The, uh, most of, I think our listeners know I have two kids in the New York City area and uh, am talked about before, well familiar with what is called rent control in New York City for over 50 years. New York City has had um, rent control laws that have progressively gotten stricter and stricter. Uh, what happens is you cannot kick certain tenants out unless uh, conditions are met that are draconian, uh, and you are subject to only a small increase in the rent. And if you think of rent 50 years ago and rent now in New York City, it's a big difference. Uh, so finally, someone has decided this is unconstitutional. Uh, they have filed a lawsuit. That, uh, it took was, 50 years to figure that out? Yeah, but they filed a lawsuit uh, which was thrown out at the trial court level. The Court of Appeals dismissed the case as well, uh, but they are now petitioning for the Supreme Court to take up the case. Well, you might ask, all right, what, uh, what's going on here? Well, uh, under the, Indi uh, the Bill of Rights, one of the uh, ten Bill of Rights, is you, the government cannot take property, either take it or by law restrict your use of it without just compensation. Another is that uh, the uh, legislature should pass no law which infringes on contractual rights. Uh, so there are several grounds that could be challenged here. Uh, but uh, will the Supreme Court take it up? No one knows yet. Larry Nassar, you may remember, was kind of a sex abuser for uh, gymnasts and young girls. Uh, he got stabbed in prison. A prisoner suspected of stabbing Larry Nassar at a federal pen in Florida said the disgraced former sports doctor provoked the attack by what? What do you think he could have done to get himself stabbed other than molesting young girls? Uh, apparently, he was making lewd comments while they were watching a Wimbledon tennis match on television. <laughs> hey, she looks pretty good. He gets stabbed several times. Uh, the inmate, identified as Shane McMillan, was previously convicted of assaulting a correctional officer at a federal pen in Louisiana and attempting to stab another inmate. So he has a, uh, a M.O., so to speak. He attacked Nasser in his cell Sunday with a makeshift weapon, stabbing him multiple times in the neck, chest, and back before four other inmates rushed in and pulled him off of Nasser, according to people familiar. Um, so I think he's expected uh, uh, to recover. Uh, McMillan, 49, told prison workers that he attacked him after the sexually abusive ex-U.S. Uh, gymnastics team doctor made a comment about wanting to see girls playing 
in the Wimbledon match. So it could be considered overreaction on his part. Ellen Greenberg. Uh, or the stabber's just lying. Who knows? Well, Ellen Greenberg, a Philadelphia teacher, uh, was found dead in her apartment 12 years ago by her then fiance. She had 20 stab wounds, including 10 to the back of her head and neck, and she was covered in bruises in different states of healing. The city medical examiner's office ruled that her death was a homicide, but then after meeting with police and prosecutors, changed it to suicide. 20 times, back of the neck. The parents have been been living with this, trying to get justice for the last 12 years, uh, and they claim that uh, the two prosecutors, both Democrats, uh, are somehow involved, as well as the current mayor, a Democrat, uh, and they will not order up any review of the case. Uh, They clearly think that they are covering up for someone. Um, So, hopefully more on that later. Russian submarine commander has been shot dead on his morning run after logging in his route with the fitness app Strava. He's in Russia, and he keeps track of his runs, and so once he posts that stuff, someone was able to lie in wait on his usual route, and they killed him. He was found with four bullet wounds in his back near the uh, sport complex in southern Russia on Monday. A 42-year-old had commanded the submarine named after the city, which forms a core part of his the Russia's Black Sea Fleet. Uh, apparently, the, this particular submarine, submarine fired several cruise missiles in uh, Ukraine, killing uh, 28 people. So, uh, the killer could track his route. It said, largely thanks to this, it would not have been difficult for a killer to choose a convenient point for the reprisal. Uh, also, I think there's a few Russian generals that are ending up dead. Um, they may have been involved with the uh, aborted uh, revolt from the Wagner group. So, not a good time to be in Russian leadership, is my advice on that. Back in the 70s, um, people uh, began arguing that ethics should be taught, be it law school or business school or any other school. I didn't learn it until much later. I was the first class, 76, that was required to take an ethics course. In, Did you graduate? Law sir? school. Yeah, 76. Okay. The, uh, I must have took it and just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harvard Business School is no exception. They have a professor, Francesca Gino, and his job is to teach ethics at the business school. The problem with that is that Francesca, it's a she, uh, has written at least four papers that people say that she changed the data. Uh, they claim that they found incidents of fraud spanning more than a decade. Uh, Francesca says, well, I, I cannot talk about it publicly, but I want to assure you I take the allegations seriously. So she not only teaches ethics, but spin. Uh, remember the Tylenol murders uh, back in yeah. uh, 1982? They never were able to convict anybody of the murders, but the maybe prime- maybe our listeners don't remember uh, tampered Tylenol, and that's why you have now seals on almost everything. And that's why it's hard to open medicine. Yeah, 
Seven people aged 12 to 35 were killed in the Chicago area after they uh, took some extra strength Tylenol laced with cyanide. Uh, this guy, Lewis, was in his 30s at the time, denied involvement, but he was convicted of ex- attempted extortion after he wrote a ransom note to Johnson & Johnson, the company that makes Tylenol. If you want to stop the killing... So no one was convicted of the murders. He was uh, um, sent away for the um, attempted extortion. So was this just a guy who said, there's people getting killed, maybe Tylenol will give me some money, and had nothing to do with it, or he was a poisoner that was really stupid? Well, God rest his soul. Well, we've come to the end of this week's episode of Legal News and Views. We appreciate your uh, joining us. Uh, we, we will be off next week, uh, but should be back the week after. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Talk of the Town, 97.7 FM and 1450 AM WAOV Vincennes and 97.3 FM WAOV Washington. I'm Tom Graham. It may remain a mystery. The Secret Service says they're closing their investigation into the cocaine recently found inside the White House. We got a statement from the service late today. They said there was no surveillance video found.